President's Press Conference, Maine State Department Auditorium, March 15, 1961. Several uh, brief announcements to make. First, the secretaries of the military departments have been instructed by the Deputy Secretary of Defense to take steps to provide uh, a greater percentage of defense contracts for a small business. Specifically, the military departments have been asked to set a goal increasing individually in fiscal year 1962 small business participation by 10% over the year for fiscal 60. The contracts for small business in fiscal year 60 amounted to $3,440,000,000, or 16%. We're going to uh, try to increase that uh, by at least 10%. In addition, we're going to provide an increase for small business participation in research and development contracts. During that year, this category of contracting accounted for only $180 million, or 3.4% of the total. In addition, we are asking the Department of Defense to examine how additional contracts can be steered into uh, distressed areas. At the present time, uh, we, we are not doing as much of that as I hope we can in the future. Secondly, I'm sending to Congress a request for funds to resume detailed planning of our largest remaining dam site in the Upper Columbia the Liberty Dam in Montana. It'll be the first step in the development of the Columbia River Basin in coordination with Canada on an international basis. Yesterday, the Foreign Relations Committee reported out unanimously the treaty that will make this dam possible. Liberty Dam will provide the power that we desperately need in the Northwest United States. It will help control the floods <coughs> that are devastating northern Idaho, and it will prevent the projected power shortage through that area. The beginning of this project will give impetus to a new period of cooperation with Canada. Next, I want to announce that the Export-Import Bank is authorizing $25 million credit in favor of the Government of Israel to purchase agricultural machinery in the United States to help consolidate Israel's agricultural settlements and electrical power equipment and construction items for the expansion of Israeli seaports. This uh, decision, I think, will uh, help uh, speed the development of uh, Israel's economy. And then uh, lastly, I want to announce that we will hold a President's Conference on Heart Disease and Cancer, which will be held at the White House beginning April 22nd. The Department of HEW will then invite a number of distinguished medical leaders throughout the country to participate in this program. Thank you. Mr. President, would you tell us, please, if you have any plans to appear personally at the United Nations General Assembly currently in session, and if so, when you might do it? I have no plans to, and I do not expect to uh, appear at the Assembly. Mr. President, yeah. could you give us your views, sir, about the possibility of reaching some accord with the Soviet Union on general disarmament as well as nuclear test bans, and would you be willing to meet with Mr. Khrushchev face-to-face -face if you felt this was necessary to reach a truly genuine agreement? Well, as you know, uh, this matter is now being discussed, at least procedural matters, uh, 
leading up to uh, what we hope will be progress in the area of general disarmament, uh, is now being discussed at the United Nations, and uh, Ambassador Stevenson has been uh, discussing with the State Department the American position. We, uh, now that uh, Mr. Dean has left to resume the discussions at Geneva, Mr. McCloy is working full-time on developing an American position on disarmament. We have indicated before that we may not have completed our analysis until this summer, and we have suggested that we will be prepared to resume either the Ten Nations Conference or some other similar structure, conference structure, uh, in, uh, we first suggested September, and now we have suggested August at the latest. So we are uh, going to concentrate our attention on disarmament now. We hope progress can be made, and uh, we will, uh, I will consider what uh, usefully could be done to advance progress. In addition to the 700-odd million dollars in highway money that you have instructed the Commerce Department to make available to the states ahead of time, Governor Rockefeller has asked whether it would be possible for the states to get an advance on the money for highways for fiscal 1962. Have you any ideas on the subject? Yes, we re I received a letter from Governor Rockefeller, and we're considering what action can be taken. We have to, uh, the uh, Congress has uh, taken a uh, very clear position on pay-as-you-go, and we have to consider what funds can be made available uh, between now and next July, and we have to consider what action the Congress is going to take on our request for additional funds in order to keep the program going, so that all this is now uh, being considered and an uh, answer will be given to Governor Rockefeller after we have made a judgment as to what funds will be available, which depends in part upon uh, what our response will be in the Congress. Ms. Knaber? Mr. President, uh, you have stressed the constitutional issues in the school aid fight. Regardless of the constitutional question, do you think it is wise public policy to make federal loans to parochial and private schools below the college level? Well, I've stated that uh, my views uh, in the uh, previous uh, White House conferences and uh, what I hope would be the procedure followed by the Congress, which continues to be my view. We will, as uh, at, when we see proposals and what form they take, because there's the previous uh, press conference uh, developed, loans take many different forms. And uh, I indicated uh, some fall within one uh, category and some within another. And uh, this administration will be glad to cooperate with the Congress in considering the matter. But I'm hopeful that, uh, as I've said before, that the view taken by the administration of the desirability of passing the public school matter first, I'm hopeful that that will be uh, the uh, decision which the Congress will adopt. But this is a matter that they are considering and we'll consider with them. Cardinal Selman, in a statement this week, indicated that tax exemptions for the parents who pay tuitions for their children to go to private schools might be one uh, possible approach. Uh, do you think, sir, that uh, this would be a constitutional way of perhaps compromising? The I think that uh, all this matter should be examined carefully by the Congress. The uh, secretary, uh, the senator from Oregon, Mr. Morse, has asked uh, the uh, secretary of HEW to send up a brief on all the various kinds of assistance which are given to uh, non-public schools and colleges, which the secretary is preparing to do. The committees then of the House and Senate and the House of Representatives can consider what kind of program uh, they wish to put forward, and uh, at that time we can consider what the constitutional problems might be, but it's very difficult uh, as new proposals are made for uh, 
me or for anyone else to be giving constitutional uh, opinions on each of them as they come up without seeing the definite language. That obviously is not my function. Uh, I would be glad to have the departments of the government participate in considering these matters with the Congress. But uh, my view on uh, the procedures, which I hope the Congress will follow, are well known. I'm hopeful we can get the program which we sent to the Hill out of the way. Then the Congress will have to consider what it wants to do in this other area, and the administration will be delighted to cooperate. But I could not possibly, unless I saw exactly what kind of language, give a, even a private opinion as to its constitutionality. President, are you able at this time to tell us something uh, of uh, Ambassador Thompson's report on his meeting with Premier Khrushchev? No, I have no statement on it at the present time. President Prince Savannah Fuma, a representative of the Laotian rebels, <coughs> said after a visit to, to the rebel area that Moscow had provided 20 times as many weapons to the uh, pro-communist side as we have provided uh, to the royal Laotian government. Can you tell us whether we are considering a step up in uh, such shipments as uh, part of a uh, new look at this? Well, we've been watching Laos with the closest attention, as we frequently, as I frequently said, and as the Secretary have said, it is our hope that uh, from all these uh, negotiations will come a, a genuinely independent and neutral Laos, which is the master of its own fate. The purpose of these discussions, among the various uh, people who participated in them at Phnom Penh, is to make this possible. However, recent attacks by rebel forces indicate that a small minority backed by personnel and supplies from outside, is seeking to prevent the establishment of a neutral and independent country. We are determined to support the government and the people of Laos in resisting this attempt. Mr. President, yes. Mr. President labor unions want a shorter work week to cope with automation and unemployment. Your Secretary of Labor is against that. Are you for it? And if so, would you prefer a shorter work day or a four-day week? I don't mean yourself personally, but there is a mistake. <laughs> I prefer it for myself. But uh, I will say that uh, I'm opposed to a uh, shorter work week. I'm hopeful that we can uh, have uh, employment high uh, five days at five days a week to 40 hour which is traditional in this country, which is necessary if we're going to continue uh, economic growth and maintain our commitments uh, at home and abroad. So that I would be opposed to any uh, arbitrary reduction of the work week. And I'm very, I'm unhappy when I see the work week reduced artificially in the sense that uh, the pressures of uh, a declining economy reduce it so that we get averages of 38 and a half hours a week instead of the 40 hours a week. In any case, to answer your question, I'd be opposed to reducing the work week. Mr. Lissagor? Uh, Mr. President, your Latin American statement the other day was quite sweeping in calling for political and social reform in those countries. Have you had any indications before or since of how much acceptance there are in Latin American countries for this kind of reform? Well, uh, I think that it would be uh, premature to uh, make a judgment as to what the response will be in Latin America. I'm hopeful it will be favorable. I'm hopeful that we can uh, begin uh, discussions uh, throughout uh, the hemisphere, which will lead to the kind of internal and external planning which will provide a, for a steady ro a rate of uh, economic growth throughout the hemisphere. The uh, 
which will be a cooperative effort. So that I think, uh, as of today, uh, I couldn't tell you whether what the response will be. I'm hopeful it will be favorable, and I'm hopeful that it will result in a joint effort of the kind that uh, we saw in Western Europe in the uh, late 40s. Mr. President? Yes, Mr. President, recent public opinion polls and other reports indicate a high degree of public acceptance of your act since you've become president and of your program. At the same time, that certain basics of the New Frontier legislative program are in considerable trouble in, uh, in Congress. How do you go about translating public approval into congressional support? Well, that's a matter, uh, of course, on which uh, every member of Congress must reach his judgment. I think that uh, the people are interested in a higher minimum wage. They're interested in improving our schools. They're interested in medical care for the aged. They're interested, uh, I believe, in uh, fiscal responsibility and the development of a highway program. Now, uh, the problem, of course, is that there are, uh, and they're interested in an agricultural program, which provides uh, some uh, a more adequate return for the farmer. Now, uh, I recognize that there are important and powerful and well-organized interest groups in this country which oppose all of these programs, and that they're extremely active, and that they, uh, have been successful in developing mail campaigns of one kind or another, which tend to give an impression that there's widespread opposition to increasing, for example, the minimum wage. Now, Mr. Gallup's uh, poll the other day showed that over 75% of the people were in favor of increasing the minimum wage. I think that increase in the minimum wage is highly desirable. I don't think that anyone should be expected to work for 80 and 85 cents an hour in some of these jobs. We've seen them, in, particularly in retail stores, in a business which makes over a million dollars a year. I, don't, I think the more orderly way to finance uh, medical care for the aged is through the Social Security system. I'm hopeful that when these matters are brought to the floor of the House and Senate, that a majority of the members will support them. I think that the majority of the people support them. I know, uh, however, that we face very vigorous opponents who are well organized and who bring a good deal of pressure to bear on this administration and on the Congress. But we're going to continue to work for these programs, and I'm very hopeful that before the year is out, they will have passed. The members of the committees in the House and Senate, I think, have done very well. And uh, I'm hopeful that an opportunity will be given to each congressman to vote on these basic programs this year. And then uh, the people can make a judgment as to uh, uh, what the, how their interests are being uh, represented, but uh, I'm confident that we're going to get a favorable response. Mr. President, yes. sir, what do you think of the Air Force and other branches of government organizing these sidebar corporations and using taxpayers' money to uh, circumvent the civil service and pay large salaries to get scientists and others? Isn't this sort of incongruous with the call for volunteers for your Peace Corps? Uh, I'm not... Uh, I've been uh, interested in, uh, in fact, I think there's a, a subcommittee of the Congress has been looking into this matter. One of the problems, of course, is that uh, valuable uh, technicians uh, are required to make a substantial economic sacrifice uh, when they come with the government. And therefore, the services faced with this problem are where these men who are essential can secure much greater pay outside the government than inside have had to resort to uh, the devices to which you refer, which, uh, and uh, we're, going to, we're looking at the matter, uh, but I would not want to give an opinion today which would uh, 
deny the services of these valuable scientists. On the other hand, we want to make sure that the way the matter is being conducted is in the public interest. So we will have to say, Mr. McClendon, that uh, it requires a further examination because it's not an easy matter to solve. I don't know anyone who has come to work with the government that I'm familiar with that has not taken a, uh, made a financial sacrifice in doing so, but uh, most of them have been willing to meet that sacrifice. We're going to examine the particular problem that you suggested today. Mr. Morgan. Mr. President, your election in November was widely hailed as, among other things, a victory over religious prejudice. Do you think, as some speculation has already indicated in print, that the seemingly inflexible stand on the part of some spokesman for the Catholic hierarchy on the school legislation may provoke more religious prejudice? Well, I'm hopeful it uh, will not. I stated that uh, it is a fact that uh, in recent years, when education bills have been sent to the Congress, that uh, we have not had this public major encounter. Uh, I don't know why that was, but now we do have it. Uh, but uh, everyone's entitled to express their views. The Catholic, Protestant, Jewish clergy are entitled to take their views. I think it's quite appropriate that they should not change their views merely because of the religion of the occupant of the White House, I think that would be unfortunate if they, I think they ought to say what they think. They ought to express their views. They're entitled to do that. Then I'll express mine. The Congress will express its. I'm very hopeful that though there may be a difference of opinion on this matter of federal aid to education, I'm hopeful that uh, when the smoke is cleared that there will be, a, continue to be, harmony among various religious groups in the country. And I'm going to do everything that I can to uh, make sure that uh, that harmony exists because it reaches far beyond the question of education and goes in a very difficult time in the life of our country to an important ingredient of our national strength so that I'm confident that the people who are involved outside the government, the members of Congress and the administration will attempt to conduct the discussion on this sensitive issue in such a way as to maintain the strength of the country and not to uh, divide it. There has been some speculation that uh, in order to uh, finance uh, some of your aggressive uh, programs, you may possibly uh, seek a uh, national sales tax or even possibly a uh, penny a bottle uh, tax on soft drinks. Could you comment on that, sir? No, I have no such plan. There's been a controversy in recent days between the uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve Board and the chairman of your Council of Economic Advisors as to what constitutes a reasonable, expectable level of unemployment. What is your view on this matter? Well, uh, there has uh, been, uh, I'm not so sure that the uh, controversy is as significant as perhaps it's been reported in the paper. Mr. Uh, Martin has made the point that a good deal of structural unemployment exists, and I think we'd have to say that in coal, steel, and uh, perhaps in some in aviation, it, it does exist, structural unemployment, and will continue to be a problem even if you had an substantial economic recovery. It would be far less if you had a substantial economic recovery. I do not uh, see that uh, there is a basic clash between these two views, uh, but I, I think they're both important and both ought to be considered. In other words, I do not think that regardless of whether the unemployment we now have is structural or not, and some of it is structural and some of it is not, I do not believe we should accept the present rate of unemployment as, as uh, 
as a percentage that, uh, that uh, we should live with. In other words, we have to reduce that percentage. It may, I hope that we can reduce it uh, down to 4 percent, but uh, we're going to have to reduce it. But I do agree with Mr. Martin that even as we attempt to overcome unemployment in this country, we are faced with a very serious, important, structural unemployment which results from technological change, which the Canadians have also, and which even in good times will cause us uh, serious concern. In other words, even in, in eastern Kentucky, West Virginia, southern Illinois, and Pennsylvania, even in 1959 and in 57, you still had serious pockets of unemployment which were concentrated, even though the overall national figure was uh, rather limited. It's my understanding that the Joint Committee on the Economic Report may call back Mr. Martin and Mr. Howard to discuss this further. I think that would be useful. It's a very important national problem, but I don't think, from my conversations with both of them, that there's a serious disagreement between them. Farm bill now in conference in Congress. The principal fight seems to be over the section which would allow the Secretary of Agriculture to sell grain into the market to hold the market price down. Do you feel that this enforcement feature is an absolute requirement in connection with the bill? Well, I'm hopeful that the conference will reach a decision which gives the Secretary powers in this area, if not the specific language of Title III, at least language which will protect uh, uh, the uh, provide protection uh, for the bill. If, if we don't, if the secretary lacks power, this bill isn't going to be successful. And a good many people from the urban areas who voted for the program with Title III in it in the House of Representatives have a right, it seems to me, to expect that the secretary will be given sufficient powers to protect uh, the program from non-compliers who, uh, who, if they're, who may use the program if Title III is out uh, to, uh, for speculative and exploitive purposes, so that I consider it the most important that Title III remain in, or otherwise some alternate language which will give the Secretary substantial powers provided in Title III should be provided by the conference. Otherwise, we're not going to have any relief, and I'm sorry to see the important agricultural leaders opposing uh, giving us uh, the protection which is required. You cannot have the federal government supporting agriculture in important ways unless there is some control over uh, uh, production and if there's some uh, limitation on uh, some provision for uh, cross-compliance. Otherwise, the program will continue to cost a lot of money, farmers' income will continue to drop, and uh, we will have a gradual deterioration of agriculture in this country. The program we suggested and sent to the Hill, in my opinion, was well-balanced, and I'm hopeful that a well-balanced program will come out of the uh, considerations of the House and Senate. Yes, sir. Uh, this has to do with the Labor Management Conference, which is scheduled for March 21. The past <coughs> history of such conferences has shown a, <coughs> a high percentage of failure, except in times of, of national crisis. Do you feel the present state of, of urgency is great enough to uh, anticipate <coughs> some success, and how do you plan to go about communicating that sense of urgency? Well, I think it is. One reason alone, I think, makes it extremely important, and that is the problem of our being able to be competitive abroad. There are some indications that uh, last year's favorable balance of trade, which protected to some degree our gold supply, uh, that we may not have uh, as successful a year abroad. And I would think both manufacturers and labor unions, and certainly the public, would want to see American industry remain uh, competitive. If we are not able to be competitive with a very strong and uh, 
thriving industrial economy in Western Europe, we're going to find ourselves in serious trouble. There are also serious domestic matters, automation, technological change, unemployment, uh, wage price spiral. I uh, am extremely concerned about all these matters. I'm sure they are. They live with them. And I'm hopeful that we can encourage a uh, public interest philosophy among all the groups which will uh, provide progress. Sir. We have not been successful in the past, but I don't, these are the only things we can do. We lack any other powers. Sir, may I ask whether you plan to have the uh, first meeting of the Labor Management Conference at, at the White House? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. President. Uh, is it, uh, we'll pass uh, Mr. Van Oken, then we'll go Mr. Roberts. Um, have you sent Ambassador Dean back to Geneva with authority to lower our demand for inspection sites within the Soviet Union to bring it closer to the Soviet figure? Mr. Uh, Dean uh, goes back to uh, Geneva with the uh, hope, uh, the administration's hope, that uh, it will be possible for uh, the United States, the British, and the Russians to come to an agreement on uh, nuclear, for a nuclear test ban, which will provide uh, adequate security to uh, all the countries involved. Mr. President, is it a fair inference from your answer to Mr. Knable's earlier question that the constitutional issue aside for the moment, you do not have a personal opinion as to whether it would be wise public policy to expend federal funds on elementary and secondary non-public schools? Well, I have uh, my previous discussions uh, have uh, rested on the uh, constitutional question. Don't wish to speak on the other questions? Well, I would have to see what kind of loans uh, they were, uh, uh, Mr. Roberts. As I said uh, before, in 1958, I did vote for loans for uh, uh, education, uh, science, and technology. I voted for that program. I voted against, as a senator, across-the-board loans so that uh, I have looked over recently the number of programs uh, which the federal government has in these areas, impacted areas, aids of particular kind of colleges. We set up a program providing for actual grants to medical schools for private colleges, which could be sectarian, so that there's a whole spectrum of programs, some of which uh, raise constitutional questions and some which do not so that uh, it's, it's difficult to give an across-the-board answer. Across-the-board loans, I've indicated the constitutional question which it raises. Uh, there may be other programs which do not raise a constitutional question, which may be socially desirable. There may be other programs which do not raise a constitutional question, which may be socially undesirable. All I could say is that because of the complexity of the issue, it would be better to consider this as a separate matter. And when we have an actual bill before us, this administration could give its views on both the constitutional and the socially desirable elements of the program. Mr. President, uh, Mr. President, a study was made recently by the Michigan Law School that recommended that the regulatory responsibility for atomic industry be under an agency other than that which is responsible for its development. Uh, the study indicates there's a dangerous paradox in allowing both regulation and development responsibilities to remain within the <coughs> Atomic Energy Commission. What are your views on this? This has come up uh, during your time in Congress, uh, too. This question of separating health and regulation from health and regulation from development of the industry itself. Well, there has been some separation of uh, the health, uh, with the uh, public health having uh, responsibilities in this area, and I think that uh, the members of the Atomic Energy Commission agree that there should be some 
external uh, check on uh, their uh, research and development programs, and I think there's a fair balance today. It was a matter which was discussed when I was at the Atomic Energy Commission. Yeah. Uh, sir, before your inaugural, uh, you expressed the hope that you would be able to use uh, uh, former President Eisenhower in some capacity in your administration. Uh, are you still of that opinion, sir, and do you have any plans in that regard? I have no plans at the present time. I have not been, uh, I have not discussed the matter with the president, and uh, if we do have an area where he could uh, be helpful and where he, where he felt he could be helpful, then I would discuss it with him. At the present time, I think he's still continuing his vacation, to which he's uh, very much entitled. Mr. Yes? Mr. President, Adrian, Michigan is deeply concerned over what disposition the government will make of the surplus Air Force metal extrusion plant there. Twice when GSA has received bids, a firm which reputedly <coughs> dismantled the plant has been high bid up, while a firm which ultimately might employ as many as 2,500 has been second high. Appeals for attention of the plant as a local industry have been directed to you. Would you comment on what you have done or plan to do well, I've talked to Mr. Moore about it. I've expressed my hope that an arrangement can be worked out to transfer the plant so that uh, employment can be permitted. Uh, the, uh, one of the problems, of course, is that it would require the transfer of the plant at a price which, uh, uh, at least what is now being examined, is whether the transfer of the plant could be made at a price which would be justified. But I uh, quite agree that uh, if it's possible to use this plant for employment, it should be done. And, uh, I'm hopeful, uh, and I'm glad that you reminded me of the matter, and I'm hopeful that we could uh, perhaps get a decision out of uh, the, uh, Mr. Moore's agency uh, this week, and I will press for that. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you.